Welcome into UGA Football Live with J.C. Shelton, where the dogs come to talk. Aaron Murray, Mark Rick, Brittany Curran, Brandon Boykin, Malcolm Mitchell, Keith Marshall, Kamari Lasseter, John Fitzpatrick, Michael Bennett. Hey guys, welcome in Dog Nation, UJ Football Live with JC Shelton with another special guest, his first time guest, and that is Damian Gary, former Georgia receiver and punt returner extraordinaire, really. And I'm excited to, to meet Damian for the first time and, and get a chance to talk to him about his awesome career in Athens. Uh, Damian, first off, how are you doing and, and what are you up to now? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm actually uh, back in coaching. Uh, I'm at my local high school um, in Athens, Georgia. It's Clark Central High School, uh, where I'm a, I am alum for, from. I play ball at Clark Central, so uh, I'm back at home. That's awesome. What, what position group are you teaching there? Uh, I'm the offensive coordinator, uh, so I kind of do a little bit of teaching of everything on the offense. Uh, obviously, I do you know some wide receiver stuff as well, um, running backs, and again, just kind of go where I need um, to fit in at that at that moment. Yeah, oh, I love that. That's that's really awesome. So you guys in Athens, you can catch Damian at some Clark Central games coming up. I'm sure this this fall. Um, you know, Damian, what's something interesting about your stories of recruiting? journey um and i read a little bit about that today and it was talking about florida state now there's mm-hmm, one of those teams mm-hmm. in the mix for you and you grew up watching how did that recruiting process turn out for you obviously we know where you ended up but how did mm-hmm, that come to mm-hmm. be um like you said you know florida state was pretty much my dream school you know i, I just always kind of admired you know their kind of offense they was kind of ahead of, ahead of the times back then you know they had the kind of running gun and you know, they put out a lot of receivers and, you know, Peter Warwick, I'm pretty sure was everybody's legendary kind of receiver growing up. So Peter Warwick was kind of one of the guys that I really liked and tried to emulate, you know, a lot growing up. So, you know, my first ever recruiting interest and letter at the time was, was from Florida state, you know, kind of finishing up my sophomore year. Um, but kind of through all of that, obviously I'm from Athens, you know, my whole family is our dogs. You know, even before I kind of really knew what Dog Nation was, you know, they were they were all in red and black. Like they, you know, my family still has season tickets. Before I went to Georgia, after I went to Georgia, you know, going to Jacksonville every year, that's still a thing. Like they did, you know, regardless of, you know, probably would have still did it regardless of where I went. Um, so, like I said, my family's been dogs forever. You know, I, I've been a dog forever. Um, you know, I actually had an opportunity to play uh, between the hedges as, you know, a member of the YMCA, like local YMCA football team before the game started. So that was kind of a big deal uh, for me back in the day. Um, so back to my recruiting journey, you know, I was wanting to go to Florida State, you know, had some injuries in high school. Um, so recruiting kind of, you know, uh, took a turn a little bit. But, you know, throughout all that, um, Georgia was always there no matter what. Um, Jim Donnan, who was, you know, my head coach who recruited me, um, he was always in my in my corner. He was always after me, um, no matter what happened. Um, so it kind of came down to, um, you know, I had Georgia, had you know Florida State, Virginia, uh, a couple other SEC schools. But like I said, Georgia remained loyal, and it's kind of you know came down to be a no brainer. You know, I'm at home. Um, I'm familiar, you know, with everything here, and so you know that really was a deciding factor. You know, I took one visit. I, I came to UGA the first. Uh, recruiting weekend in December, 
and it was it was shut down from then on out. I became a dog and never looked back. Yeah, no, that, you know it makes sense with Florida State too around that time. You know, that's something that right, stands right, out to right. me when you were mentioning that. I mean, that team around that time was the best in college football. Right? It was. It, so it was. so watching then, them, yeah, it, it it was it was cool. You know, it, even even though I didn't go to Florida State, you know, we got eventually got Coach Rick. So it, you know, in a sense, Florida State kind of came to me. So we we actually. You know, got a chance to be a part of that that same system. You know, a couple of years down the road after I initially signed with Georgia. Yeah, did you have any correspondence with Mark Rick when he was at Florida State in your recruitment? Um, I did. I uh, had you know him and obviously uh, Coach Bowden. You know, had a great relationship with those guys, so we did have some uh, familiarity as well, uh, which was good. So, you know, I was kind of in a win-win situation. Yeah, so it sounds like it, it worked out perfectly. And you went on to have, you know, possibly the greatest punt returning career in Georgia history. Let's 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 mention these stats here. We got 114 returns, 1,253 total yards, which both leads Georgia in all-time stats there. Um, and then you added, I think, 1,600, almost over 1,600 receiving yards in your career at Georgia, too. Right, um, right, right. Very impressive. Dude, mention something. I've talked to – a couple of punt returners on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Boykin was one of them, and he was one of those right. all-time Georgia guys too. And I'm really interested in just the mindset of a punt returner because, you know, me being at the small level I was in high school, you know, I, I did catch uh-huh. a punt here and there. Nerve-wracking, just so nerve-wracking, oh, yeah. man. I mean, standing oh, yeah. back there before the ball is snapped, it's like I am the only one in the stadium. It feels like you're the only one in the stadium almost, right? Because that's the only time right. – in football that you're, you know, 40, 50 yards from your teammates, right? Right. Standing right. Alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So take me through your process, if you can. What was that? What did you, did you tell yourself? Did you, you know, kind of create your mindset before you went back there for a punt? Or was it just, you know, repetitions at that point and you were going to, you know, you had everything all dialed up for yourself in, in the process? What was that like for you? Well, I think uh, definitely early on in my career, um, obviously it was – you know, a lot nerve wracking. Um, being that I, I kind of by default kind of got the job um, as a as a freshman, uh, so I did it. You know, for quite a while. Um, but I can always remember my first, uh, you know, first couple of times being back. That's it's a lonely feeling. You know, not many people necessarily know who the punt returner is unless you do something. You know, like you fumble it, you drop it, or you do something. So it was kind of always good to not be known um, until, you know, we got pretty good on special teams. Um, so after a while, you know, we were, we had a, a talented wide receiver group. Like we were, we were loaded. So, you know, it was only one ball. So it was kind of hard, you know, to kind of get, get some touches as much as you probably would like. But one thing that I, I took pride in was knowing that, Hey, I'm the punt returner guy. I'm the only one back here. They got to kick it to me. So that, that in itself made me want to catch everything possible because I knew I was the guy that they were going to have to kick it to, whether they try to kick it away or not. You know, I was going to try to make them kick it out of bounds because if it was on the line, I was going to find a way to try to field it and, you know, get, get a return out of it. So um, as I kind of got more and more reps, it, it really kind of became not as bad as it, as it seemed being back there as lonely. It was, you know, I, I kind of got real comfortable back there. So I, I wasn't you know afraid. You know, I trusted my teammates because we, you know, we really took a lot of pride in in that unit. And we felt like if we got a shot, you know, any play or any time, we could take one back. Yeah, no, I like that confidence. It feels like a lot of times in sports is creating that confidence 
right? And, and playing off those repetitions you have in your past to really create that mindset of, I mean, I'm not going to mess up because I don't have an option to, and, you know, Absolutely. I'm the guy, right? It, it's, it's crazy how that Absolutely. works. Um, Absolutely. And I'm, I'm a big kind of like schematic guy too. I like to, I like to hear what makes a good punt return, you know? Mm-hmm. What is something that stands out to you that maybe you guys got better at? You said you, you know, you kind of improved in special teams. What was something, if you can think of it, from a punt return standpoint that you guys got better at schematically, maybe whether that would be a certain blocking scheme um, or maybe a place that uh, you take a certain hash mark back. Um, What was that for you? I think the biggest thing was just pride. You know, we had a lot of pride and not only punt return, but, you know, just our special teams unit. You know, we had a lot of starters um, on that special teams unit. And when we took a lot of pride in knowing that, you know, we kind of got a repetition, a reputation of, you know, being pretty decent at returning punts um, and, and just being kind of that group that, you know, we could change the game. You know, I can remember, you know, I had the big return in Tennessee and we were on the verge of probably getting ran out of Neyland Stadium. But we had a big punt return that kind of changed the course of that game. So, you know, things like that, we felt like we could always keep ourselves in the game or, or change the the course of the game if we needed to. So we took a lot of pride in being able to, you know, just whatever it took, because we know it only took one place. So we we took, and then, you know, in practice, obviously that's where it started at, but we we wanted teams to fear our unit. And that was just a pride that, you know, each each one of us um, took into each week and each game. Yeah. No, I feel like, you know, special teams obviously gets overshadowed just because of the emphasis on offense and defense and how long mm-hmm. they're on the field. But do you have coaches like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban? And, and you know, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban did that together, but they right. pull up, play a lot of starters on that side mm-hmm. of the ball, you know? And it, I think it, it almost helps that mindset of, you know, we are good. We do have this, you know, reputation of being good on our respective sides of the ball. So we're not going to play, take a playoff on special teams. And that's how you get young players involved. Um, right. And it's right. how you keep, you know, that game flow together and not put out maybe a bunch of players who haven't played many snaps that game, who aren't fresh, who aren't warmed up. You keep those guys right. involved in the game. And I feel like that helps a lot. And that's why one of the reasons Georgia is one of the best in special teams on a year to year basis under Kirby Smart, at least. Um, right. So I, I think, I really I like think it, you know, it definitely sets the tone for sure. You know, you could be this decorated person out of high school or you could be, you know, the leading rusher or, or leading whatever. And then you find yourself on special teams. So I think it, it sets the tone, you know, it sends a message to to everyone else that, hey, this guy's our best whatever, but you see him playing special teams, he's covering punts, he's he's on punt return, he's covering kicks. Like he's doing all these things that, you know, traditionally people might think is a playoff, but no, we got our number one guy out here, um, you know, on special teams. So I think that definitely sets the tone and it definitely, you know, kind of sets a fire amongst the rest of the team and the, and the unit you know, from, a, from a pride situation and you know this is who we are situation yeah and not to go off on a rabbit trail but that even makes me think about a specific game last season i don't know if you're familiar georgia tennessee um mm-hmm. you know this is a moment where tennessee in the game was getting beat down but they had still an opportunity you know if they were to put together a few good drives to come back in this right. game and and georgia and brett thorson the punter hits an awesome punt like a madden style punt mm-hmm. goes out mm-hmm. the one yard line but the guy down there diving for that to get it out of bounds was number one Rosemi Jackson the starting right. wide receiver in that right game. right 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 absolutely yeah. so like I said I think that's it's a tone setter you know we used to seeing this guy you know make big catches for us but yet he's making a big play on special teams so 
it just goes to show that, you know, the, the amount of emphasis um, that they put on having the best 11, no matter where, what you do on offense or defense, we're talking about the best 11 on special teams. And if that's so big, you're the number one receiver, then you, you're going to be on special team if that's what the, the job requires. Yeah, and, and for you kids listening who want to play at the next level, that's a good way to get drafted too. That's a good Absolutely. way to get drafted because you, you look at New England and how many guys that they have signed on on a yearly basis of big contracts just to play special teams, right? Right. right. You know, is this because right. that's a huge part of the game? Field position's huge. Um, Absolutely. And, and speaking of big games like Tennessee, Georgia, 2002 SEC championship, mm-hmm. right? That was, you know, when Georgia came back on the map, so to speak. Right. 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 Take me through that game, man. Take me to the lead up if you can. What was that like? as a player, um, and then the game itself is something, you know, sticks, sticks out to you. Love to hear it. Well, well, you know, we, I guess it had been probably 20 years or so since we had won our first, you know, SEC championship. So um, it was definitely a lot of pressure, but it was a lot of fun, you know, just kind of going through the course of the season, uh, what we had accomplished, uh, kind of the course that we were on. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of confidence. And, you know, we kind of like the team – a couple of years ago with, you know, the national championship having been won since 1980, you know, we had a chip on our shoulder, like, Hey, we, we tired of hearing this. Um, so it was a lot of, obviously a lot of confidence, but it was a kind of a hard hat mentality where, you know, we was going to go in and leave no doubt. And, you know, we came out, we had a block punt early. Um, and it kind of just continued to just snowball from that point. We just kept building on that confidence and just kept making play after play. And I, you know, I think this final score is maybe, 30 or something to three or something like that. But, yeah. you know, we wanted to make sure we, we left no doubt. And, you know, I think we pretty much proved that in that game. Yeah. That's what Georgia did against TCU. They left no doubt. They left no doubt. Right. That was that was amazing. Um, but you mentioned there that, that first national title, and I was going to bring up something around this 2021 national title for Georgia. That, like you said, the first in, in 42 years, right, since 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading an article by Bulldog Illustrated that had interviewed you 2021 before that championship game. And mm-hmm. I, I scroll to the bottom and they ask you about, you know, Clark Central and and Georgia football. What do you see in the future for those teams? And you mentioned that you see championships in the future for both. You called it, man. You absolutely called I, it. I mean, it, it was kind of a, you know, just a feeling I had, you know, those, those guys, you know, had been kind of been right there so many times and, you know, Coaching and playing, you you kind of got to – it's a process. You know, you you lose close, and then eventually you kind of get over that hump. And I, I think we're right now where Georgia's over that hump, you know, getting that first national championship. And now we got the second one, and, you know, it's a strong chance that we got opportunity to three-peat. That's, that's not unrealistic, you know, especially in my eyes, but I know a lot of people's eyes to see what what we got coming back and kind of the the culture that we we built over – you know, at Georgia, I think it's, it's realistic that, you know, the dogs could three-peat. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens spring, you know, with the quarterback situation. But I know whatever happened, it, it's going to be the right decision, uh, no matter who's who's behind the uh, the center come fall. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, where this, where this 2023 team is going to take us. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think you said it there, the culture and – not only the culture, but the experience. So these guys have done it. They've seen that they can right. do it. They've seen what it takes to do it. You know, the hours you put in, you know, the mindset going into certain games where like a Kent State, you know, you mm-hmm. play every year. Those types of games, you can't take a play off because everybody's gunning for you. Um, right. 
but they have that experience. And especially that 2021 championship when it wasn't expected because that 2020 season was a mess when you think Mm -hmm. about it, right? The talent that we had and the quarterback situation didn't help. And, you know, games here and there that we just couldn't play right. A lot of turnovers, stuff like that. And then 2021, you put it all together with a former walk-on quarterback and it just builds. And those guys had experience. They knew what it took and they made last year look easy. Um, Obviously you you mentioned the quarterback battle this year. That's going to be it. I mean, we've, I've written so much about that (laughs) since the, dude, I'm almost getting tired of it, but there's, you know, luckily there's new things to talk about around that with spring ball now. And in the things I'm hearing about Carson Beck, have all been positive from from players and coaches. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Excited to see what happens there, and I think the talent that is around him, and and having Mike Bobo as that one of the you know most premier college quarterback coaches beyond just right, an offensive right. coordinator. You know no what, he's, what he's been able to do with quarterbacks, I think, really bodes well for Georgia in this situation, particularly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. I think that the chance is there. From a culture standpoint, a talent standpoint, the recruiting classes that Kirby Smart has brought in on a consistent basis, but that experience too. These a lot of these guys are still on this team from last year. They know and and uh, several from the twenty twenty one team. They know how to do it. Right. So can right. they do it again? Everybody's going to be gunning for them though. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens, uh, Damian. But really appreciate it, uh, get, getting a chance to speak with you and you know taking your time out. Um, you know, Dog Nation would love to hear from you. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to get this one out. Well, I sure appreciate the invite and uh, look forward to coming back soon and, you know, catching up with some dog football. Yeah. Hey, let's do it again leading up to fall. How about that? That sounds good. It's a deal. Awesome. Go dogs, guys. Go dogs.